Writer Media Group Original. Hey everyone, welcome in to the Versed Podcast. I am so glad you are here. My name is John, by the way, if we're meeting for the first time. Hello. Uh, thanks for joining me in this daily pursuit to become more perceptive to what the Bible says. And today we're diving into a great one, really, really awesome verse. It's 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 to 17. So let's get into it. You ever wondered what the Bible means when it says, do not love the world or don't love the things in this world? It can seem kind of vague and we can just skip over it very quickly. Like we think we know what it means, but what does it actually mean? I didn't realize that there is an actually incredibly clear answer to what those things are and to what they're not. And that is discovered in today's verse. Very quickly, though, I want to dive into the historical context because we do have a lot to get to, and I'll actually be hitting on the biblical context for today's verse in our reflection piece after we read. Um, So real briefly, 1 John was written by John, the son of Zebedee, who was a disciple of Jesus. He also wrote the fourth gospel. 1 John, according to ancient manuscripts, could have um, been written any time in the last quarter of the first century. And 1 John along with the other books and the Gospel of John, are promoting this intimacy with God, intimacy with God and intimacy with other Christians as well. So it's with that brief context, and like I said, we're going to be diving more in depth in a little bit. Uh, Let's read and prepare our hearts to hear from the Word of God. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 to 17. Do not love this world or the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away, along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. So when John talks about the world, he's not talking about planet Earth, right? He's talking about an organized system, an organized system that's headed up by Satan to get you away from God, that intimacy piece. He doesn't, Satan does not want you to have intimacy and closeness with God. And verse 16 gives us a very clear answer with these three things. The first is the craving for physical pleasure. Maybe you've heard it said this way, the lust of the flesh. Uh, The second, craving or desire of the eyes, everything we see, that the answer to our problems is always more. And maybe you've heard it termed as coveting. And then the last one is pride, and specifically the pride of possessions or this need to try to impress others. These three things are in the world, but they're not from God. Not everything in this world is from God. It's not talking about nature or beautiful creation or anything like that. That came from God. It's creation. It's talking about the reality that sin entered into God's perfect creation and with it, these things, these three things. 
There are plenty of things in the world that don't come from God, that were not part of his original design and creation. Eating is legitimate, right? We need to eat to survive, but gluttony is what's worldly. Sex is legitimate and from God, but sexual immorality, pornography, sex before marriage, homosexuality, those are worldly things. There's a long list of things, but you get my point. You get what I'm trying to say. Verse 17 goes on to say that those things, those things and the world itself are dying. They're fading away. But whoever does the will of God and does what pleases God will not die. And what verse 17 is not saying is that you have to be perfect, by the way, that you have to be without sin. You have to be without those cravings at all and without those desires. That's impossible. Only Jesus was without sin. But it's talking about the posture of your heart. Do you care for it? What are you craving? What are your desires? Do you need to lay them at the feet of Jesus? Do you need to wholeheartedly pursue what pleases God? Yes, the answer is yes. So to help us dive a little bit deeper into this and to really gain a full biblical context of what is being said here, uh, my friend, Pastor Jason Van Bemmel, did a devotion on this verse that was amazing, and he goes into the different parts of the Bible to show how these three things of the world have truly been of the world since the beginning. It's incredibly interesting and helpful, and I want to take a look at that real quick. So let's start with Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 to 7. This is the entrance of sin into God's creation. This is the moment where God's perfect creation became the world. So Genesis 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. So you can see there the temptation is coming in the form of doubting God's word or adding to God's word. Let's continue. Verse 4. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. See, there's the pride. Verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. So shame entered the world. Look super close at verse 6. She saw the tree was good for food. There's the craving and desire of the physical. She saw that it was a delight to the eyes. There's your craving, desire of the eyes. And a desire for wisdom to be like God, which is where the pride enters. These three temptations are there from the beginning, and there is the root of rebellion. Next stop in our biblical context journey is Hebrews 4, verse 15. Let's read. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, 
yet without sin. Jesus faced and defeated every kind of temptation that Satan brings. The temptations of Jesus, guess what? They're recorded Yep, in Luke 4 at the beginning of Jesus's ministry. So let's read those, shall we? And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. See what Satan's doing? Trying to cast doubt on the word of God, just like he did with Eve. This is the craving and desire of the physical where Jesus was tempted. Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Here we go again. (laughs) The craving and the desire of the eyes. Satan showed Jesus the kingdoms. Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Verse 9, And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you. The the devil knows how to twist scripture for his own gain, out of context, right? A lot of people do this. Hello, prosperity gospel. Let's keep reading. Hang there with me. Verse 11. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And here's the pride. The pride of life. Look at me. See how great I am. This is what you see in manifestation today. Name it and claim it. Claiming God's promise. No, that's putting God to the test. These three things are Satan's arsenal. This is what he's throwing at every single one of us every single day. He threw him at Jesus too. Lust, greed, gluttony, laziness, pride. Just satisfy yourself. This is what you deserve. You want a bite of that apple? Don't let anyone tell you you can't have it. They're caging you up and saving it for themselves. Just give in. Spend the money Buy the car. Just skim a little money off the top. They won't know. Aren't you great? They should know how great you are. Why doesn't the world recognize your greatness? You're just a caged cheetah that needs to get out and run. Don't let them do that to you. This is natural. This is what you deserve. Lies, my friends. This is what the enemy does. And how do we respond? We've got the perfect model in Jesus. You are more than your appetite and your desires of the flesh and physical needs. You are made in the image of God and you're called to obey the word of God. You worship God and nothing else. You don't put God to the test. Wait patiently. Trust God and be close with him forever. We will get more pleasure and joy and fulfillment than we could ever dream when we do that. That was the original design. So do your best today to recognize these signs of being in the world 
and recognize these temptations, these three temptations, and then fight them and flight them. (laughs) Get up and get out of there and run and run to God. Take a minute or so to uh, reflect, to meditate on what was revealed today or pray, to spend some time with God or just be still and be quiet. It's a great time to be intentional with our time. So we'll take a minute and do that and then come back on the other side. Hey, so at the time of my recording this, it's late October 2021, we are closing in on 100,000 downloads to the Verse Podcast, and that is mind-blowing and blowing me away, and I'm just so grateful to you for listening, and I hope you are being as encouraged uh, through this journey into the Bible as I am. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, if you want more resources to study on your own, everything is linked in the episode notes as well as a link to my social media. Would love to talk with you and connect with you there. If you wouldn't mind, if you have not yet, leave a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts. That helps so much. It helps the podcast grow, helps more people see it, and it helps me figure out how to make the podcast better for you. Love you all. Can't wait to hit 100,000. We will celebrate when we do. Make hope louder today, and we will talk tomorrow.